One of the things that I wouldn't ever want to give up in life is my ability to do hair. The whole process from seeing a client to the finished product makes me feel alive. When I step foot into my salon, I feel like I'm transported into a different world. I know for others, seeing the same office or same people may feel mundane, but not for me. My team aren't just coworkers, they are my family, and watching them transform through the medium of hair is so rewarding. You'll love to see it, truly. Then there's me, the happy-go-lucky bad bitch from next door. Opening up the shop every day is like unlocking a part of my world each and every morning. With that being said, I would go to the end of the world for not only my family, but also for my customers, you. <laughs> so I'm glad that even through this pandemic, I'm still functioning. And while there might be some changes, as long as I get to see my clients every day, that's something I'll always cherish. My name is Nikki. I'm the owner of Raw Studios, and I'll see you in my chair. For watching the podcast today, you just saw Raw Studios Nikki Nguyen's passion piece about why she loves what she does so much. This is the Cash Camera Action Podcast. Like my shirt says, business is like a movie, and like you just saw, it is literally a mother effing movie, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, Nikki, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How'd you like the whole filming process? Was it fun? It was great. I felt like I was awkward, but I felt like I got into my bad bitch mentality, so it's good. Nice. Bad bitches only. Bad bitches as only. As it says. You know, uh, before I start a podcast, I need you to pick a number. This is how I want to break the ice. Okay. One to three thousand. One to three thousand. Pick, pick any number. Okay. Uh, a thousand five hundred. A thousand five hundred. Shit. You know, maybe turn pages. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1,500 is going to be a random question, and you need to answer it, and why. Okay. <clears throat> Super inspirational question. You need to answer truthfully, and why. Sandwiches or wraps, and why? Oh, sandwiches. Why? Why sandwiches over wraps? I just feel like sandwiches, you can see... The process of it being made, you know what's going into it, and when you bite into it, like that nice, soft, fluffy bread tastes so much better than a dry-ass wrap. Yeah. See, I'm going to contest with you. I like wraps because simply, um, I like, I'm, I'm a very neat dude, and I hate the process when I'm eating a sandwich, when I eat it and it like starts like... Falling. Tipping down the other side, and I gotta like lick my fingers. And then, you know, I, you know, I don't want any of that because you know, I, I got this style. I gotta uphold like this right here. Yeah. And if I get shit on my fucking clothing, just like no way, man. It's not. I it's like not gonna sandwiches. Work with me. Yeah. I mean, I love sandwiches too. But if you give me a sandwich or a wrap, I, I think I'm gonna pick the wrap. I, I love wraps. So, but that was that. Um, again, on this podcast, we, we're talking about Nikki and her studio, and the reason why I came to her is because. She is one of the more renowned stylists, 
beauticians here in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. You don't know, located in San Jose. <laughs> and my very first question, Nikki, is how did you become, or what was the process of becoming one of the top stylists in the Bay Area? Wow, that is a loaded question. Super loaded question, I'm sorry. <laughs> but how did I become the top stylist in the Bay Area? Well, I went, the generation that I was in when I started off hair in my career, um, hair wasn't cool back then. I'm 27 now, so I went to beauty school when I was 18. That was damn near, what, eight years ago? Seven years? Eight, nine, nine, nine. Like nine, nine years, years ago. ago. That was nine years ago. I hope I know math. I do. I do <laughs> Instagram wasn't cool. Social media wasn't relevant back then. And I had to really make use of the people that I knew from high school, from my friends from work and friends that you meet outside of like high school. So I partied a lot. I partied a lot with my friend group. Um, we were called Deluxe back then, and we were really trying to live our best like influencer blogger life, and we would do lookbooks together. We would style um, HBK. We would, I think I met G-Eazy one time with my friends. We met Pilo one time, and he made me a hot toddy. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, and we just ended up doing a bunch of, like, rap music videos in the Bay Area, and we partied a lot with a lot of people who were coming up at that time. I remember going to Kalani's first concert in Oakland. I was on the stage. My best friend, Kim, gave me a fucking camera, and she's like, yo, take pictures for our fucking blog. And I was like, yo, I won't take pictures, but I, cool, I'm on the stage. So... Part one of yeah. how you became a style of one of the top stylists is because you, you were you were in the right crowd at the time. Yes, right? I was in the right crowd. I was networking with the right people, and every time I met someone, I knew Instagram was going to be a really big come up. So I would give them my Instagram, even if it was super whack at the time. I would give them my Instagram. And if they were drunk, I'd put it in their phone for them. <laughs> hey, 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 key moment. Keys, you know, that's like a hack, right? Yeah. Um, I, that's, that's a hack everyone uses. I mean, all the, all the, hey, homies, you go to the club, the girl gets, you get the girl's number, you, you go and put it in and you dial to make sure the number is right and you go to your phone, okay, it's the right number. <laughs> or, or same thing on Instagram, you put in the tag, and you like click follow to make sure she yeah. follows you, right? Same, same thing, right? Yeah. You always got to make sure they follow you. You got to press the follow button. <laughs> press the follow and button. That type of um, clientele doesn't really, you don't reap it until two months later when they keep seeing you on their feed and they're like, oh shit, who's this hairstylist? And then they'll reach out to you. Um, friend recommendation was also really high too um, for me to get to where I am right now. Um, it was just really helpful just putting myself out there and not giving a fuck what people thought about me and just, you know, raising awareness for like my career and where I was trying to go. And people kind of really fucked with that a lot. Nice. Um, you know what? Truth be told, I'm also a big network party guy. I felt like a lot of the people that I met through my um, career, ongoing career, uh, was through networking, partying. And you know, I know a lot of people like put down that whole lifestyle, yeah. but I felt like if I met the right people through that, through those opportunities. Yes. And you know, like just meeting random people and you know, 
when you go to like a networking event or you go to the club or you go to a party or you know you you, you roll with your friends to anywhere there's going to be different walks of life and professions when you meet people yes and, and that's what it is and without putting yourself out there or making yourself uncomfortable or putting you know doing these things how else are you going to meet other people other than like look if i went if you went to a hairstylist styling or beautician um, networking event you're only gonna meet hairstylists and beauticians right, right. i mean you're only that's, that's who you're gonna meet and they're not gonna come to they're you not gonna, they're, they're not <laughs> they're your clientele you. yeah. you're not gonna make money from them right mm-hmm. it's like so when i go to uh, uh cpa networking events or accounting accounting networking events those aren't my clients yeah no that's just not. me to meet other people to to better my skills and techniques but in terms of actual sales or client acquisition mm-hmm. it's not going to be those specific networking yes. events it's going to be the random networking mm-hmm. events um yeah uh so yeah i i i feel like that's a a big thing that people miss out on on why why we are in the position that we're in today yeah um so that's one what 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 else made you allowed you to become um my family player? My mom is a hairstylist and so growing up she's always told me that I was going to have my own salon given I really do, really didn't go down that path right away. I did go to beauty school, but I always felt like I could do more than hair and so I tried to become a nurse and then in that process of trying to become a nurse, I was like fuck this shit. I at the end of like my school shift, I always end up doing everyone's hair at the end of the day until like three o'clock in the morning anyways like why am I lying to myself and the moment that I finally took that step and to tell myself like you know this is what you like to do this is your passion this is your why just fucking go for it and I felt like after that everything happened for me where I wasn't afraid to tell people like no I am a hairstylist like no I'm not fucking going to college no this is what I'm doing and I'm going to be great at it and If you don't believe me now, just fucking wait and see because sorry from bottom now we fucking here. <laughs> so you basically Gary Vee before Gary Vee was Gary Vee, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, right? Yeah. That's 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 what happened. You know, I I love that how you mentioned how um you kind of followed into your mother's footsteps in yes. a sense and and she must be super proud of you right now. I hope she's proud of no, me. No, she's proud of you. I mean, look <laughs> look at this everyone. She has to be. No. Yeah. Um, I love that family approach. I think for everyone else out there, um, there are times where you listen to your parents, and there are times when you don't. And Nikki's an example of you know following her genes, following in what she knew. And and you mentioned something. You were talking about how you were going to do the nurse path because that's what every you know Asian does. They, yes, they don't want to go to nurse. Truly, I'm sorry. Truly. Not to be stereotypical or anything, but that's kind of the path. Mm-hmm. And you were honest to yourself very early on to say, "Hey, you know what? Screw this. I don't want to do this. I want to do what I love, my passion." And I think the video y'all just watched with Nikki doing opening up the shop truly embodies why you're in this in this industry. Yeah. And Even my parents didn't understand why I wanted to go to college. I think it was something for me that I needed to do for myself because I felt like doing hair at the time wasn't cool. And so in a way it felt like I was um not giving myself 
everything that I could possibly experience in life. In a way, it made me feel like, oh, you only think that I could be a hairstylist? No, I'm going to prove you wrong and become a nurse. Something that seems very like educated, very respectable. But as I started doing more clients and as I got deeper in this career, I realized that this is a very respectable career. I am a therapist. I am your best friend. I am your confidant. I am the place where you go to to tell all your secrets. It's better than Vegas, baby, because you don't need to get drunk <laughs> and fuck someone that, that you don't want to fuck. That was the one. Hey, I'm not, not going to lie. My barber, who I've been going to for at least, mm-hmm. I don't know, Jeff, I've been going to you for, for forever. Every time I had a perilous situation i couldn't wait to get a haircut not to get a haircut but to be like yo bro you don't know what happened i I need (laughs) some advice and i remember one time where um i'll tell you about this earlier you Mm know um shit happens i got cheated on one time Mm -hmm. but the first one of the first people that i called my barber why was it that my barber was one of the first people that i called i'm like yo i fucking called it right (laughs) but I think when you when you, you're highlighting that so very eloquently that you're not just helping them physically, appearance-wise, but also mentally. Yeah. And I think for them to come to you and be that confidant, and you you probably know way more secrets than you care to know. Oh my god, I know everything. And honestly, truly, like none of my clients could leave me because they knew too much about me. Play blackmail. I know everything about me. Remember Miami? I know about Miami. Cabo? I know about Cabo. You know all Yeah. But all jokes aside, I feel like I really saw the value in what I was doing and providing. And once I saw the value in that, I realized that Nothing else really matters because now there's value. Before there wasn't value because I was putting value in something that wasn't really what I wanted to do. Nursing. Yeah. I can't see myself in a fucking hospital. Like I was going to school to be a CNA and then after that I was going to go and be like an RN. But I was like, dude, I'm, I was wiping people's asses all day at the nursing home. And I was like leaving. Not like, like that's shit. bad. If you're in that not, not that it's bad. Not that it's bad. Not that it's bad at all. Like bless your soul. Bless, bless your soul if you could do that. But for me, I couldn't. I wanted to make people feel beautiful because I think in a way when I make someone feel beautiful, it's making myself feel beautiful. And that was more valuable to me. Hey, you yeah. know, that's that's your own prerogative. And yeah. I tell people, you pick your passion, pick it wisely. And you know, when you have that butterfly feeling and what you do, and you could do it every day, the grind, yes. the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. And then it does, and, and that unwavering ability to just say, I still love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it is. Like, and, and even when it's hard, even when it's cold, even when it's hot, even when COVID hits, you still yeah. want to do yes. that thing. You still want to do it. it. You still want to do it. Even though your business shuts down, you're like, no, I'm still going to do it. Yes. Right? That's exactly how I felt when like, COVID like, hit. <laughs> like speaking about adversity, well, I'm still on the topic of how you become yeah. the, the top stylist. Adversity, were there any like mistakes that you that you had to do or you learn from like during that process? I feel like oh anyone God. that's good at anything, there is always that like learning part of it. 
Oh my gosh, I messed up so much. There is a time frame for all my OGs if you're watching this. Um, I did hair for my home studio in my garage and I did it for a very long time in my garage. I think about from 19 to 24, I was in my garage. Um, it's this very humble little corner in my garage and I turned it into like a mini salon. Um, from 19 to 24, I messed up so much. Um, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. People came to me and they wanted silver. They wanted crazy colors and I didn't know how to do it, but I tried it anyways. I remember one client, there was this um, product in Sally's where it actually does make your hair gray, but it's not permanent and you have to put it on when your hair is wet. I would put that on all my clients' hair and I would give them a bottle of it to take home and just be like, okay, every time you wash your hair, just like put this on when it's damp and you'll have it for like however long until like you wash your hair next. And it was meant for old ladies who wanted to refresh their gray hairs. But I used it in a way of like, you're actually getting gray silver hair. T19 was my best friend, <laughs> but I would never use T19 ever again, but I fucked up so much. And I think in those fuck ups, I learned so much of what not to do. So I don't devalue those moments. It's actually very valuable. I feel like you should fuck up as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, how can anyone be good at anything without, you know, what's that saying, you gotta practice it's not the person that can do it once, but the person that can do it a thousand times over yeah. and over again, right? And all of those things that you practice and the failures, you learn from your failures and you, you perfected it. And for others, when they make mistakes, they get discouraged and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Yeah. The failures, the embarrassments, you know, this, think about this, you're messing up with someone's hair. Yeah. That's, that's, that can be a heartbreaking heart-wrenching moment where it's embarrassing, but you're like, nah, I'm gonna keep on going. And the people you you messed up the hair on, are they still around? Yeah, they so, are still around. So there it is, there it is. <laughs> they so are like, still around. Some of, some of them, you know, they moved on to other stylists, and as you should, you know, that is your own choice. But I feel like for me, if I do break your hair, if I do mess up, and if it is my fault, I will 100% admit that it is my fault. And I will 110% help you get on a track that is going to restore the health of your hair. Or I will change the color. Like if it's something that's just so simple as you didn't like the color, I'll ask you to come back and we'll fix it and it'll be on me. Like I really pride myself on customer service and I really pride myself on taking care of my client even in moments where it's like damn I don't want to do this anymore like I want to throw in the towel like you're being rude to me you don't like the color and it's like your first session and you had box dye um, you didn't want to cut your hair there's so many moments that factor into like a stressful client and even then it's like I'll still ask you to come back on my own expense of forking out money to fix your hair. And most clients don't know that. Most clients are just like, oh, she's just gonna fix it. And to them, it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. But to me, it is a big deal. It's COVID, it's a pandemic. Even before COVID and a pandemic, to fix your hair costs about, out of my pocket, about $150 and my time. I gotta, if I messed up on your hair and I had to fix it, or maybe let's say you don't like it and I fix it for free, 
it's still about five hours of my time. And that five hours of my time fixing your hair could have gone to someone else that's paying me $500. Exactly. You know? that What she was talking about, guys, that's called opportunity cost. And for opportunity cost, for her to understand that she's putting clients before profits. That's one major takeaway I want to tell you guys right here. Clients before profits. If you always put your clients first before the money, the clients will come. And yeah. you can tell, you could damn tell and know if someone is more money motivated than client motivated, right? Yeah. Because you love what you do so much that you'll do anything to see the smile on somebody's yes. face, right? That's what, it, that's what it's yes. about. And when they walk out and like, oh my God, thank you, Nikki. They hug you. Like, oh my God, this is the greatest hair. I, I can go to the wedding. I can go see, do this my event. I can go to the holiday party, whatever, whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And it's that 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 aura just yeah that confidence like i want you to leave my chair feeling confident if you don't feel confidence in my chair or leaving my chair i didn't do my job i sell confidence there's not a lot of people that can say they sell confidence i truly sell confidence i truly sell the vibe of you're a bad bitch i have a sign that literally says bad bitches so so like so for example if 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 i want to come up in this thing and like get some like like you know like brown highlights in, in my hair you, mm-hmm. you can do that shit yeah all right hey, that, i will say that for the next podcast <laughs> when i'm doing my hair I'm, i guarantee it i've been thinking about that for a minute like man because it's, it's black but yeah. i want people to see like the the texture in my hair and i think i need some brown highlights i think that'd be dope tangent not part of the podcast <laughs> Sorry, i'm just trying to get my own thing in here <laughs> that's that's awesome so so let's talk about the business uh for a second because we we touched on um you know party networking is, is a way to make, to get clientele. There are other ways, but that's, that's a big one. She talked about family, you know, uh, following your mom's footsteps and also adversity mistakes. But now, now you got like a big operation going on. Yes. Like this is, this is, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven chairs in here. S- super amazing location, downtown San Jose. If you guys know about San Jose, it's the, the rent's expensive here, so it's not it's not like it's cheap. Um, but let's talk about the business. And so, I don't want to talk about how much money you poured taking here, but like, how is how is your your profitability now? Like, how, like not like let's not let's not talk about COVID, but prior to COVID, how was how was with the money flowing? Was it good? It has to be right. Yeah, it was. It was really good. I would have at least seven clients on. A Saturday, I would have at least four to five clients on a Friday. Thursday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, it would be so basically you're two booked, to three. Right? Yeah, I was you're, really, you're, really you're packed. And I mean that that is what you want. And for for the business, you know, to get to this to this point, you have you have to be profitable. Yeah. Right. And um, what were some of the things that you did? to control expenses. So like if, if you were to give an advice to an aspiring, you know, um, beautician, you know, stylist, what are, what are some of the things that you did that you learned like to, you know, along the way that you wouldn't do again? Um, definitely. If you're thinking about opening up a salon, I would definitely probably get a business loan. Um, my credit at the time wasn't that great. It's a lot better now, but it wasn't that great when I was opening up this salon two years ago. 
And that was a mistake on my half when I was like 18. Everyone's like stupid and dumb at 18. So I would definitely get a business loan and just make your business everything you want it to be from the get instead of doing it like me where I had to really build it in the process of like two years. So like the salon looks very, very, very different from what it looks like when I first opened. And I kept constantly changing it because I didn't know my aesthetic. I didn't know what, where I stood as a salon owner and what I wanted it to look like. And so I kept changing it and changing things require money. And I was spending so much money for things that I eventually changed again um, six months later. Now I haven't changed anything aside from painting. Um, and I'm really happy with the way that it looks now, but I definitely would advise people to do it right the first time. Not that I didn't do it right, but there was, I was so young. Um, I was 25 and I just had a baby and I just wanted to have a salon. My team was growing and we needed a bigger space. I was in a four, I was in a 500 square foot cardboard box prior to the salon and we didn't have AC. Um, quite frankly, it was pretty ghetto, <laughs> but shout out to all the clients who came to the cardboard I, box. I think, I think the moral of the story is, yeah. um, before you jump into anything, yes. you gotta have a plan. Yes, have you a plan. You gotta have a plan. Have a plan. And, and <laughs> like, it's, it's like, we talked about mistakes earlier, but I think when you're getting to like big money shit, like you gotta have a plan. Yeah. You, know, you gotta be organized, understand what you're getting into. Um, Nikki talked about getting a loan, and, and for me, I absolutely love that strategy. It's not for everyone, but think about this for a second. So Nikki was working out of her home. She knew she was making money. She knew she could explode in profits, but one of the biggest barriers to making more profits is having extra money to, to use yeah. capital. Had Nikki had a business loan earlier, she could have launched this much earlier. So then years down the line, she, she'd be in a better monetary position than she is today. Yeah. That's what she's saying. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. That is that's exactly, that's and you what you said it so eloquently. That's, that's what exactly saying. what I'm saying. And, oh and my gosh. Don't make a mistake. If you're watching this shit, don't get a business loan unless you know you're good at what you're doing. Um, if you watch any other business podcast, the very first mistake people do is getting a loan without understanding your skill and how much money you can make. Nikki found out real quick that she's making big money doing, a, uh, doing styling. So then it only made sense to get a loan at that point. And then, and then you would know because the money that she makes with her business will destroy the interest that she makes on the loan. That's business one-on-one. But don't do the opposite way where you get the loan and you have no idea what you're doing. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the worst thing. I, fuck, I absolutely love that, that we brought that up. I didn't even think that was gonna come up in this podcast. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about like financial management and taxes in, in a sense. Okay, so my dad was doing my taxes for the first two years. So last year I took upon myself to be a big girl and 
reach out and find someone to do my taxes. And here he is in the flesh, my financial advisor. It's him. It's Chris. (laughs) So he actually, Chris actually helped me organize and clean up my taxes and you know she's looking really cute right now she looks really good and you actually saved me so much money can i tell him how much you yeah, saved you say okay cool he actually i didn't actually pay any taxes and i got three thousand dollars back <laughs> wow it's it's amazing <laughs> when like people come to me and they're like dude i'm like i'm like at a five percent tax bracket i'm like yes Yes, you are. Yes. And he told me how much money I made last year, which I knew I made a lot of money, but I didn't know how much. And he broke it down for me. He broke down how much money I spent in coffee, <laughs> how much money oh I spent god. in overdose. Oh my god, oh my god. So like, <laughs> th- this is absolutely insane. I do this for quite a, quite a few people, but the freaking Starbucks and Boba line item that I do for people, I'm like, not necessarily you, yeah. but people like, did you realize you spent five thousand dollars in boba last year? They're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should probably cut, you know, go to the tea house, man. Like, you can do <laughs> so much more money with that, right? I had no. It was just a whole different world. I felt like I leveled up in life, and seeing someone do it in front of my face, teaching me along the way and just having more control over my finances and what I'm putting into my business and what's coming out of it was really helpful. And it just helped me unlock this new chapter of my life where I'm thinking more intentionally with like what I use my money for. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, so what I wanna get into next is I wanna talk about um, the cinematic piece we just filmed. When you when when we were filming today, you were you were saying that you couldn't believe how awesome like the camera work looked or how things looked. Didn't it, didn't it feel like when you're watching it that you were in your own like movie in a sense? Yeah. Like like give me the experience. Give me the experience. Um, it was it was really cool because you know you work so hard for something and you go to it every single day. So because you go to it every single day, you kind of forget what it looks like from a fresh new lens, meaning like from a customer's point of view or from like your assistant's point of view or even like someone who rents at your salon or even the front desk. Like you kind of become jaded and you don't get to see it from a fresh new lens. Seeing you play back me in my salon from different angles and perspective brought back like butterflies like wow that's what my salon looks like like wow that's what I look like like that's what I that's my vibe now like walking into the salon like setting up or just like looking at myself in the mirror it's just like it's crazy because I've grown so much as a person and the salon has grown so much in itself as like a business and getting to see it from like a customer's point of view for the very first time was just so it's very humbling and it was like wow I can't forget where I came from and I can't forget how amazing this place is even if it feels very mundane every single day walking into it like nothing's new nothing's nothing's changing but actually everything's changing and everything has changed because now that I look at it from like your point of view it's like holy shit 
I'm that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that bitch. It, it's funny because like I purposely directed the video to um, really embody um, Nikki as a person. My, what I wanted to show was her passion and her her commitment to um, the store, right? Like I wanted to show that. And, and in that vibe, I wanted to have that story of her coming in. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the video, it started off really, really dark. And we purposely brought you through the salon um, and started lighting up the salon. And then the music turns on. And then she starts dancing and then all of that. And then finally, the customers at the, the door and she walks in and then boom, that's where, you know, the, the, the story really starts. Cause that's where her day really ultimately starts when the, the customer comes in. Yeah. Um, and I hope that was what that, that was what you wanted to see, right? No, that's exactly what I wanted people to see because you don't get to see like the raw moments. Ironically, we're the raw, raw studios. Moments, yeah. But like the raw moments of me, I feel like I've been really closed off for a very long time. But in that same way of like turning on the lights and everything coming alive, I truly honestly feel like end of 2020, I'm coming back alive more than ever. And um, having this moment with you and this podcast is very, um, very special to me because I feel like it's very in alignment with the person and the narrative that I'm rewriting for myself and for my business and what I want to see in the next five years, like the Nikki that I want to be. And I'm ready to like reintroduce myself. <laughs> hey, there it is, man. The Phoenix were born. Nikki's going to reintroduce herself. It's like, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So, and for everyone, like she talked about narrative, right? She talked about writing a narrative, whatever you're doing in anything, like, like in any story, in any, in any movies you watch, a person is allowed to rewrite or be somebody else if they choose to be. Just because you're in a position doesn't mean you have to be there forever. Yes. And you're, you're able to change with that. Like COVID happened, right? Mm -hmm. and, and now people have to hand sanitize. People have to wear masks and social distance and do all these things. I know, I understand that vaccine's coming, but it's not coming right now. Yes. And, and if you're, if you're going to sit idly by and not adapt and change mm -hmm. with the times, you're going you're to be left in the dust, you know? Yes. I and, so like, tell me, tell me about like the uh, COVID. What, what are the things you're doing for the customers now that's different from everybody else? Um, well, the salon is pretty big. And so during COVID, we did lose four clients. Four clients. Oh, man, that's it? That's all, that's all she lost. I'm sorry. All she lost was four. <laughs> I'm so that's sorry. I four clients? Oh, I meant we lost four stylists. We, we lost four renters. So I guess the difference is now our team is a little bit smaller. It's more intimate. And so when you're here at the salon, um, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because when you're here at the salon, you're basically here with just me and my assistant. Right. Like it's kind of like renting out your own private venue for the day and you get to be with me the whole day. Um, other people on my team are here. There's three other styles that do rent, but they do make their own schedule. So it's very rare and few that we're all working at the same time. Um, but, I, but, but like looking at it here, I, I feel like 
you can you can definitely socially distance very easily yes. in, in here. So like, I don't even think that's a problem. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to ask, you, if you're uncomfortable saying this or not, but did you raise prices prices during this time? I didn't um, because I know a lot of people do raise prices, but I didn't. I kept it the same because I am very understanding that people are going through it too. I understand there's a big group of people who are working in tech and they're very blessed to be working in tech and they have the same salary. There's a lot of people who don't have the same salary anymore who are still on unemployment. So I don't raise my prices for that fact. Um, if you're here for eight hours, girl, best believe you're going to be paying a premium price, but that premium price isn't another premium on the premium. I see what you're saying. And so I keep it the same because I value my customers. I understand and give my customers grace because I would want the same grace for myself. If I was going back to like my lash tech, I am floating, but at any given moment you could be drowning in this pandemic and in 2020. And I know that's the same for my clients too. So I don't raise the price. AKA clients before profits. Yeah. That's, that's what, you know what? I'm going to make that shirt. So I'm going to have another shirt that says clients yes. before profits. I'm I need it. Shirt. I need <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 shirt, dude. Clients before profits. And, and I think that's kind of the, the, um, the moral today, you know, you gotta, you gotta put your clients first. Uh, but otherwise they're going to leave you in a dust or cause if you, you know, there are times where you can, you can raise prices, but we all, we all understand the pandemic is going to end at some point. Yes. And if you don't have to raise prices it, with understanding that we have record unemployment and people don't have jobs and employment's ending for a lot, the federal unemployment ended and, but to allow yourself to keep the prices at where they once were so people could come in and just look good and they can still yeah. see you, right? That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I just want to see my clients again. I want them to be happy. And I know that getting their hair done is really helpful for their mental health. Also for me too, when I don't get my hair done, I don't feel that I feel great. Like, I feel like a lot of it is also like just for you. Not even for yeah. them, it's for you. It's like for me too. Like, like, I like, please, please pay me so I can see you again. That's please all pay I want. me so we could talk and so I could like <laughs> hear your stories and like let's have story time and girl time. Um, I honestly truly do love all my clients, even the difficult ones. Um, and... Yeah, I just, I just want them to have great hair and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll come in at seven o'clock in the morning, even though I'm not a morning person, I might be 10 minutes late, but I will come in and I will show up. It's like I bet. I'll be like, hey, Nikki, I want to be here at 6 a.m. Let's do this. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll be like 10 minutes late, but I will be here. I'll stay here till sometimes two o'clock at night. I have a two-year-old daughter, but if I need to finish your hair, I will finish your hair. Um, the shop doesn't close until the last person leaves happy. And that's always been my motto. If you leave unhappy or there's something that you don't like about your hair, I'm not going to charge you. That's just point blank. Please don't use that against me and just act like you don't like your hair. So I don't charge hey, you. Hey, Nikki, I don't like my hair. <laughs> you know what? I, I love that. that that's, a, that's a great note. Yeah. Everybody, if you need your hair done for any occasion, the best occasion, make sure to visit Nikki at Ross Studios in San Jose. We'll have links and all of that in here, so it'll make it easy, you guys, easy to find her. It'll be tagged on all this stuff. Thank you for joining the podcast today. I hope you had a great time. I had so much fun. This was 
very different from what I normally do and so I'm really happy that people get to know me a little bit better through you. Awesome. <laughs> All right guys, we're gonna cut it. Like I said, this is the Cash Camera Action Podcast here with Chris Doria, Nikki as my special guest. And again, remember guys, business is like a movie. Peace. It really is.